Hey, welcome to the Centre Podcast. We're a church based in Dural, Sydney, who love Jesus and want to share the message of hope that he brings for all people. We pray that you're blessed by this word and that it reveals God's love for you in a new way. Enjoy. All right. Welcome, welcome to another yeah. week of banter. It's uh, your boys, Jim Murray. <laughs> Here yeah. we're uh, actually doing a little bit of an early banter this yeah. week because uh, Mitch, you guys are having a much much deserved break this yeah. week after today. Three three day holiday. A three day holiday. Yeah. Nice one. Very nice. Where are you guys yeah. going? Just going up to Nelson Bay. So <sighs> yeah, my parents own a little unit up there. So so good. So good. Yeah. Any uh, look, I don't want you to you know <laughs> give away any of the local <laughs> hotspots. <laughs> I'm always a fan of Fingal Bay. That's where, like, I sort of spent a lot of childhood. Yeah. What's your What's your go to beach oh, around Nelson Bay? We just go to Little Beach because Little beach. it's like a two minute walk from the yeah. unit. Gorgeous. So yeah, so that's what we, and because it's really safe for kids. Yeah, There's no, like waves or really deep <laughs> parts. Yes. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we go to the other the other side, which I can't think of its name right now. I, I say I just it, the other side of Little Beach. Is there like, something called Soldiers Point? Is that a place? No, uh, <laughs> yeah, and it's quite like it's like the ways are like okay for adults, but little kids are yeah. knocked over, and you're like, mm. yeah, 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 so. yeah. Prefer not to play David Hasselhoff with your kids. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you're like ah, oh. yeah, just Little Beach. It's just yeah. like the biggest waves come when a boat goes past. <laughs> so good. Do you guys have like any traditions when you're away on holidays that you uh, get to do? Look, not really. We're pretty boring, particularly because we've been going up to the unit. This will be... Yeah, we go up every six months. So I usually go June, December. Because yeah. oh, we've had kids, we usually just hang out at the beach. Yeah. Go get some food. Perfect. Go to the beach. I go Perfect. to the beach a few times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe go for a walk. So well, a few times my parents have been there. So we nice. We went out for dinner last year for Rachel's birthday because my parents were there. But yeah, this year it's just... the four of us just the more oh, plus the dog it's a dog friendly hey, unit so, honey's coming along yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> that was uh that was what that's one of the appeals of the unit so good so good so, uh, summertime it's hilarious because there's dogs just everywhere <laughs> well there's like little spoodles and little like you know little dogs yes, just yes the family friendly the dogs yeah so, so good yeah no i when i used to go to nelson bay as a kid i used to always go to baskin robbins because baskin robbins was like less I don't know. There just weren't as many when I was like, you know, 12 years old. And I just used to, I remember the smell of like those waffle cones being made. That was like, for me, like that smell, that like sickly sweet now smell (laughs) of waffle cones being like made at Baskin Robbins. That's like, that's summer, summer holidays for me. And one year they had a a Christmas cherry flavor that they've never done again. And it was my favorite flavor ever. There you go. I'm sure I've romanticized it in my head Christmas cherry sounds awful. Oh, I love cherry. You're not a cherry fan? I like cherries, but I don't like cherry flavour. Oh, like... man. It's my favourite. I love the, like, fake cherry. It's the oh, best. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, each to our own, man. That's it. That's it. Each, each to our own personality. Yeah, yeah. You know? That's it. Hey? <laughs> <laughs> nice segue there. So, we were kind of going out through this this shape series, the sowing the seeds, and we're up to personality. Yes. Um, and you sort of, I, I think from the outset... Um, really recognize that personality is something that is somewhat innate. Yeah. The personality to a degree is something which cannot be changed. And it's almost, you know, comparable to it's inwoven into our DNA a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I guess there's like, like I said, 
on Sunday. There's mm. heaps of different personality tests out there. Mm. I don't need to go into that. It's on Google's for. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, well, I did this um, ministry personality test thing once, and it was interesting. It had, like, your natural strengths mm. and your adapted strengths. Mm. And so one of them was, like, I had this plus eight or adapted strength. Like, I can't remember what it was, but the point mm. is, oh, you're naturally here. But when you need to be, you can be like all the way out here. Yeah, right. So like, yeah. I think it was, um, I think it was actually our organisation. Naturally, I'm not organised, but if I need to, I can be super organised. Mm, that's and really so I guess, um, like some of the stuff I was reading last week is that it's this idea that, okay, in a situational environment, you might be forced to say be an early riser or mm. be organised or whatever it is, or be super extroverted. Mm. But when you're in your natural state, you're going to revert back sure. to that. Sure. So that that quiz I did, it was really helpful because I, I did it when COVID hit. A lot of people retreated mm. to their natural state because they're like, ah, freaking out. And that's, mm. I said, was one of the interesting things about yeah. just being aware of your personality. Mm. Like that leadership context, what it was for is like, okay, so if you're naturally introverted mm. and like COVID's hit, mm. you're going to have to be aware of that, that suddenly, yeah, you might be able to adapt this in a normal situation, mm-hmm. but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was sort of the point was to be aware of mm. where you are naturally mm. and what you can adapt. Yeah. And then not to be ashamed, there's no like right personality. Yeah. No right or wrong. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. And I think that like it's fascinating regardless of, you know, whether it's like an Enneagram or a mm. Maya Briggs or, you know, the, the disc, disc yeah. you know, there's so many different oh, ones. Yeah. I'm sure there's a thousand oh, others yeah. I haven't mentioned. There really is this recognition, irrespective of which one you're sort of, you know, using to identify your personality. You have strengths and you have weaknesses. And it is an interesting thing that they are somewhat inherent and they are somewhat unavoidable. You know, we're not Jesus, right? No one is perfect at, at a fully, you know, rounded thing. So... I suppose in that it's really valuable to not just recognize what your strengths are, but recognize what your weaknesses are yeah. and not be maybe overextending yourself. But then yes. you're saying this adaptability, which yeah. is fascinating. Yeah. And so I guess that's where emotional intelligence ties in is that they say like you have anger issues, mm. like it's just in like almost in your DNA, mm. having emotional intelligence, you're able to stop and pause. Very easy to say when you're not angry. Very hard to do in the moment. But yeah. that's, I guess, part of the, the skill of it and learning it is that you're able to pause and go, okay, why am I angry? Okay, anger is a sign that something's wrong. Mm. What is actually wrong? Mm. Is it danger? Is it? And so becoming more in tune with how you are feeling. So, mm. Mm. yeah. Um, yeah. Henry Weinsinger, he's a psychologist that works with mostly corporate land. He, in one of his lectures or books, I can't remember where where it was from, but he said when he first started, he contacted this company, goes, oh, would you like anger management? Why would we want that? Da, 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 da. <laughs> and he goes, he called up later and says, oh, I'd like to run some sessions on emotional intelligence. He goes, ooh, emotional intelligence. Yeah, I'd be interested in that. Mm. He says the bulk of emotional intelligence is often just dealing with people's anger. So mm. like even that, <laughs> reframing something yeah. can change how you outlook. Yeah. And it's interesting. I think it's maybe something that we've mentioned on <clears throat> banter before, but the anger iceberg, which like yeah. this idea that what we see on the on the surface of the water is anger, but underneath usually there's something else that's yeah. fueling it, whether it's sadness or insecurity or feeling rejected or like whatever it is. So I think that yeah, anger ends up being the manifestation of many other yeah. things not being healthily 
worked through and addressed, right? Oh, if we go back to Star Wars, it's fear. You know? <laughs> uh, here we uh, did. Yeah, Yoda. What are we in? What are we in? We're about 10 minutes yeah, yeah. in. You're already got a Star Wars reference. Um, yeah, and so I guess, like, the whole idea of tying with a shape is that um, a number of Bible commentators have recognised that emotional intelligence has a lot of similarities to wisdom, mm-hmm. to chokhmah. Yeah. Um, and... Got to really clear your throat out of that yeah, one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and so it's it's interesting, and it's one of the things I find fascinating is when you read secular authors who are yeah. talking about biblical principles mm. without the Bible, mm. without God. It's like this is just what the Bible teaches, and it's kind of like you've come up with this maybe in more modern jargon mm. and with say more like research behind it. But this is essentially what. Proverbs mm. talks about Proverbs talks a lot about say if we just go with anger about yeah you know, um, let's go here seven there's some of the verses I read yesterday seven to Proverbs seventeen fourteen the beginning of strife is like letting out water so quit before the quarrel breaks out mm. you know it's an honor for a man to keep aloof from strife but every fool will be quarrelling it's a fool mm. gives vent to his spirit but a wise man quietly holds it back right, there's yeah yeah. yeah. Showing restraint, self control. That's that's emotional intelligence. Like it's actually being aware of. Yeah. Like and it's and it's interesting. Proverbs isn't against anger. It's against like unrighteous anger. There's times to be angry at injustice. And Proverbs talk about this. You know, the rich oppressing the poor. And yeah. But yeah, it's this wise person knows, and that's Mm. why I start off with Ecclesiastes with that time passage. It's like that's that's the sign of wisdom. It's. Knowing mm. the appropriate time, yes, and tying in with that with Ecclesiastes. Yeah. Most people just read the time and just sort of finish there. And it's like, well, actually, you continue on. It says, you know, he has made all things. So this is beautiful, but it's probably a better translation. It's appropriate, mm. appropriate at because yeah, be- hey, baby, not like, you look really appropriate today. Well, because <laughs> well, beautiful, like it implies that this sort of yeah, I don't know, ascetic look where appropriate yeah. is. Like, we know what he's saying, like, he makes all things beautiful. It's like, yes. well, it's God's time, but appropriate. Because mm. when there's death, it's like, oh, is this really beautiful? Oh, I don't know. Mm. If there's war, it's like, oh, but yeah, 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 appropriate. It's like, and yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. the idea is you don't know when these times are coming. Mm. So that's yeah, what wisdom is for. And mm. yeah, see, and, that, and that's like what Proverbs is about is being a wise person in a difficult journey. As yeah. we take on the persona of Solomon's son sitting at his feet, yeah. It starts off with it's it seems a bit strange, probably one about the sun, you know, being, Hey, come join us and let's go rob people. But that's like the danger in life is that you're gonna have friends around you who can mm. lead you on the wide road, mm. the foolish road. Yeah. And so you need wisdom to help you in those difficult seasons of life mm. and to make wise choices. Mm. Right? It's good. So good. Yeah. And then, so we kind of, while we're on Proverbs, we mm. spoke about uh, some of the sort of uh, the Genesis Eden yeah. imagery that's in that. Mm. And one, one thing that you spoke of was almost these two choices, right? Mm. To follow Lady Wisdom or Lady Folly. Mm. Um, and mm. yeah, I love the imagery that Proverbs gives, gives that, you know, Lady Folly does maybe seem more... Um, I don't want to use the word beautiful, but maybe more seductive, more yeah. attractive, you know, yeah. sort of. And, and yeah, I think seductive is a good, good word. Well, and, and like, so it's interesting with that whole appropriate, beautiful thing, mm. because definitely the Proverbs 31 at the end, the sort of the righteous woman is definitely not lauded for her beauty. No. Right. No. And it's, uh, yeah. And 
Well, I guess that's part of it. Beauty is more in Proverbs about righteous behavior. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, the Bible has an interesting relationship with physical beauty. Mm, like so, Esther is almost celebrated yeah, for her, her physical beauty. beauty. Yeah. It's a, a Joseph. He is very beautiful, yeah. like his mother, Rachel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then Rachel's beauty is not an asset to mm. her. Yeah, mm. she might be beautiful, but she's the... Ironically, it's Leah who's got the weak eyes. And whatever that means, <laughs> Genesis, <laughs> like, it's a little bit like... Okay, so she wasn't as beautiful as a sure, sister. She maybe but had a lazy eye. Yeah, that's sort of like, there's a lot of debate about that. The point is, she's not as beautiful as a sister. and But she's the one that... Well, she's part of the genealogy of Jesus, like mm. the tribe of Judah, and mm. shows a little bit more faith mm. than like, like Rachel. Yeah, not so much. It's, mm. Anyway, we're going a little bit off topic, but yeah, no, like no, that's no. A, I think it's all it's all about yeah. wisdom, right? Yes. It's all coming back to this idea of what does true wisdom look like. <clears throat> yes, and I think that so one thing while we're still staying in Proverbs Ooh. just for now. Um, you brought up this idea, and I am kind of jumping quite a bit forward in your sermon. But right. We're here, so let's, yeah, yeah, let's yeah. talk about it. You spoke about this really interesting hypothetical. I don't know if there was a, a specific scholar or author yeah. who you attributed this idea to. There was the idea that God, in the beginning, as I would assume everyone yep. listening to this podcast knows, gave sort of Adam and Eve two options, mm. right? Like live in the garden, enjoy the tree of life, um, or <laughs> rebel yeah. against me uh, and eat from the tree of the knowledge of good mm. and evil. And you um, hypothesize or put forward yeah. this hypothesis that if um, Adam and Eve hadn't listened to the serpent, had actually ruled and subdued and kicked the serpent out of the garden, um, that then God would have actually allowed them to eat from yeah. the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That sort of, for me, that, that threw me for a bit of a sick. So I'd love to hear yeah, you so, unpack that and just, yeah, kind yeah, of... Yeah, so I've got that article here from one scholar, William Wilder. It's mm. Illumination in Investiture. It's a journal article from 2006. So he he's one of the many guys I sort of found suggested this idea. Mm. So good and evil, it's... Uh, it's what's known as a merism. So it's like the accumulation of ev- all knowledge. So, sure. And in Deuteronomy 31.9, I think it is, um, top of my head, Moses says about the children, they don't know the knowledge between good and evil. Sure. Um, so it's what children don't have knowledge and it's the responsibility of parents. And that's why Moses is reiterating the law. The law. Sure. It's your role to make sure that kids know good and evil. Um Isaiah 7, when King Ahaz is talking to him about the whole manual sign, he goes, before the child knows dreams between good and evil, the kings that you're worried about will no longer be a threat to you. And so it's this idea that children don't know what good and evil are. And so Wilder, he's one of a few people, I think John Walton's another and a few other scholars that suggest that, like, well, say Solomon gets, like, he gets the the knowledge of good and evil and... That probably and look, these are all just theories that yeah, if they yeah, had, yeah. that they would have been able to eat from it. And so, yeah, like from a biblical theological perspective, we trace scripture. Like as Christians, we have the Holy Spirit living within us, mm. and like Paul says, Jesus is the embodiment of wisdom. Um, mm. In Proverbs eight, Lady Wisdom is that gets really tricky. Lady Wisdom because it's like you know, it's almost like she's just created entity but mm. anyway it, it seems to like it's a way to personify god's wisdom that was mm. used to create the world and jesus is identified that way not as a created being but as the eternal mm. son of god the word 
and in, in Colossians and Corinthians, where Paul talks about Jesus' wisdom, it seems to me he's alluding to this idea of mm-hmm. Proverbs 8 and that Jesus is the embodiment of wisdom. Mm. And so that wisdom, that's divine wisdom, which has been, mm. obviously Jesus holds that, but the spirit sure. living within us, yeah, yeah, yeah. that gives us access to what James says, isn't it? And you're lacking wisdom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah that, that's, yeah, it's, it's a really interesting theory. And again, these are all just, Theories. It's like mm-hmm. the whole idea of Eden. Like Walton, he'll talk about how if they hadn't sinned, Eden would have spread its borders. Mm-hmm. Now, again, mm-hmm. we're just sort of, these are hypotheses because we don't mm-hmm. actually know. But yeah, it is an interesting idea. Just some of these little connections with this language of, yeah, children not knowing mm-hmm. good and evil, Adam and Eve sort of wanting to be like God, knowing good and evil, and mm-hmm. God had given access to that afterwards. Mm. So, yeah, because the tree of knowledge of good and evil doesn't come up again in Scripture. It's not there at um, mm. the end of Revelation. The tree of life is. Mm. But, yeah, not the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So, mm. yeah, it is quite interesting. So I do have his article somewhere. I mm. I read it a while back. Um, I'd have to reread it properly to get it. But, yeah, that's sort of that idea if it comes from there. And so Solomon's sort of like he's taking on this new... Yeah. Adam figure, this Adam role. And yeah, so in the, so early in his this, reign, yeah, yeah even the list of animals that he um, quotes from, it's like even like the same order as in Genesis, how it's listed. Oh, okay. There's just all these like things where like it's like Israel's it's presented as sort of a new Adam, Adam. new Eden. Yeah, sure. and all that language of every man under his yeah, fig and vine, which yeah. is a sign of wealth. It's yeah. like that's Eden language. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's this idea. But then... Obviously, we know how it ends with Solomon. Sure. So even the wisest king in the world. I guess that's one of the questions that the the Old Testament is sort of, I guess, subtly showing throughout is that even we have this promise to David he's going to have a son. Yeah. Oh, is it going to be Solomon? No. Yeah. Is it going to be the next one? No. Like and the, then get the, to the deck definitely feels stacked in Solomon's yeah. favour. Yes. You're like, how could it go wrong? Right. Like everything is going up, yeah, coming you know, up Solomon's. Yeah, he doesn't ask for, for riches, he asks for yeah. uh, wisdom. Yeah, good boy Solomon, that's yeah, it. You know? and, then, and then you get to the end of Kings and it's like, well, they're in exile and isn't this... And mm. so, and then you read, um, cause particularly in the um, original order of the Hebrew Bible, mm. all the narratives are together. So it yeah. ends with what we call Second Kings, then you read Isaiah. Yeah. And Isaiah is almost like a prophetic commentary sure. on the narrative you just read. Mm. So yeah, this is how... Exile, but it's not the end because there's a future hope. There's going to sure. be a future yeah. son of David, and so and Jesus is the embodiment of Solomon's wisdom. What does it say there? Solomon, I quoted it yesterday. He quote, yeah, three thousand proverbs, a thousand and five songs. Oh, it's just a thousand and five. Couldn't have just rounded it down to a. Thousand. Yeah, you know, he spoke about plant life. Yada yada. Yeah, about animals, birds, reptiles, and fish. And, and then Jesus, he, Jesus, with the Proverbs that Jesus, mm. that's sort of, he's like embodying mm. that Solomon's wisdom. So, so Solomon is sort of at, you know, multiple points, um, would you say it's fair, um, set, set up as, as this archetypal figure that maybe we should be striving towards in, in moments where he's, yeah. you know, like really flourishing in his mm. wisdom and really sort of, you know, bringing the kingdom of God, you know, the kingdom of Judah, yeah. you know, really seeing it grow and, and burgeon into something yeah. which is powerful and, um, and, and is not just blessing him, but being a blessing to, to the, the nations. Like we see all this yeah. stuff. 
But we kind of, you, you mentioned this idea that he is set up as this Adam-like figure yeah. of having knowledge about plants mm. and animals and stuff. Do we take that purely as, oh, hey, that's just sort of a reference back, that's sort of just taking on the old imagery mm. to tie into this new? Or is there even now today... Uh, within trying to be, you know, new atoms, within trying yeah, to be yeah. this, you know, new creation, is there a, a missed value in having a, a deeper connection with nature, with plants, with animals? Yeah. Is it a, is it just a sign and a metaphor of being a new atom, or is it something that literally we should still have some form of connection to? Well, it's not in the Bible, but it's what the Celtic Church. I think St. Patrick said, to know the Creator, you must know the creation. The creation and then sure. that's... Essentially, what wisdom literature does. Sure. Go to the. I had this Irish lecturer at college. He'd be like, "Go to the Antia Sluggard." <laughs> he preached for that once, and every time I read that, the idea is what Proverbs does is it gives you examples just from nature. Sure. And they're meant to be hints. So you look at the ant. Yeah. Look how hard it works. Sure. That ant is represents some of God's wisdom. God sure. is hardworking. Sure. And so yeah, that Solomon as a king, he would have also been a gardener. And Ecclesiastes too. Um, and look, there's a bit of debate over whether Solomon actually wrote Ecclesiastes or not. But sure. that's beside the point. The point of Ecclesiastes too is that Solomon, the teacher, he builds gardens. That's what, that's what royal figures do. They show their supremacy by subduing nature. To have a beautiful garden, that requires a ton of work. To yeah. have lots of animals, that's a lot of work. And, yeah. and in some ways too, it's a little bit off topic, but Noah... This is yep. Noah's, in a sense, sure. um, the Jews saw him as this eschatological figure, this end time figure. Because what's Isaiah's vision of the world? The lion and the lamb lying together, yeah. you know, the child's hand going in the viper. Yeah. Well, look at Noah's ark. Sure. All these animals are there. And they go, that's yeah. actually what yeah, yeah, he's yeah. ruling over the animals, and there's no con. Now, of course, there's lots of scientific debate over sure. how you feed animals. But from a textual point of view, yeah, Noah yeah, yeah. is this new Adam. But they also say that the rabbis recognize he's sort of an archetype of what the end times will look like. All the animals right. living in harmony. Yeah. And the ark is like a little temple of that. Sure. So, yeah, Solomon doing that, that's what humans are called to do. They have this ruling over the animals, mm. to have knowledge over the land. And yeah. to, well, the more fruitful one's soil is, the mm. wealthier civilization. There's, there's a... Uh, there's a Docker I watched, it was on Netflix about the soil, the bedrock of civilization. Like, if you want to have a good sure. society, your soil's got to be healthy because you've yeah, got to produce yeah. food. And yeah, so yeah. That, that's even tied in with a lot of Deuteronomy, the covenant blessings and curses. It's yeah. like, hey, if you remain obedient, your soil's going to be good, your harvest is going to produce sure. well, there's not going to be yeah, pestilence. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The opposite happens, it's a disaster. Yeah. So whenever there's um, yeah, mice plagues or anything like that it brings disaster mm. on um yeah the world yeah, yeah yeah and then i think that like with all of that what does then that mean for us today in the way that we engage with nature so say for me i'm living in a two uh bedroom apartment mm. in north kellyville with pebbles in the, <laughs> as, as, a, as a backyard Right. How do, how does that then inform yeah. the way as somebody who is a follower of Christ, mm. as someone who wants to um, 
as effectively as possible embody a new Adam. Mm. Does that inform my lifestyle in any way, this sort of reconnection to, to creation, to nature in a world which, you know, is very industrial, or mm. for me, in a life that is very industrialized yeah, yeah. for the most part? Yeah. Because um, I guess, well, the answer to that is kind of got to do what you can with the situation that you're sure. in. Like, if you live in an apartment, obviously you're not going to have the space to be yeah. you know, growing your own produce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can, I guess, show respect for creation by, like, those things do. Having, you can have small little pot plants or gardens and yeah. just, yeah, <laughs> sounds silly, but even, like, the questions I asked last week, <laughs> recycling or throwing it into... Sure. Uh, you can be wiser about the choices you make yeah. as stewards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's probably how I'd see it. And, yeah, it is this interesting debate. Like, uh, I think I mentioned a few weeks ago, I was reading this book, Scripture, Culture, and um, Agriculture. Yeah. And she finishes a chapter with, what about cities? Sure. And, yeah, it, and the challenges for most people who live in cities today. And yeah. so she actually talked about... Um, City called not Boston, Houston, not Houston. Where Robocop's filmed, Boston. I think it's fine. I don't know, but I just remember that's so random. I can't think of the name of the city, but um, I'll have to say Robocop was filmed. I think think it's um, Detroit. It was Detroit. That's it. It was Detroit, and apparently Detroit's gone. It went when um a lot of its infrastructure closed. Uh, it just left vacant for decades, and nature kind of took over, Hmm. and they're sort of left. They've kind of got this hybrid. In parts where they've actually, oh well, nature's taken over. They actually sort of had almost like community gardens to grow food mm. with like skyscrapers nearby. Mm. And she's mm. saying like that can be like almost this way of the future is sort of have this mm. yeah hybrid, recognizing well you can't mm. demolish cities. People have somewhere to live. Yeah, and like kind of trying all their spaces within that you can make mm. green. Yeah. And, which is yeah, not dissimilar to, you know, Revelation, right? You've yeah. got you've got the new city, mm. right? The new city of Jerusalem, but then you've got, you know, obviously a, a tree of life, you've got yeah. a, a river of living water, you've got this idea of nature and and city sort of meeting <laughs> in, you know, yeah. harmony yes. in some ways. Yeah. So it says gates and walls, which yeah. is classic of a city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I guess that's one thing like when Rachel and I living in Chester Hill, we had a tiny 300 square block with, mm. but our kind of our garden was on the back deck and we bought mm-hmm. yeah which i found quite just relaxing and so there's something about i wish i was a better gardener something relaxing about plants mm. and that and mm. you can learn wisdom from mm. that's kind of like the idea of proverbs is that yeah look to the creation and you'll get glimpses of god's wisdom yeah within that yeah and so how to live within yeah a, a challenging and difficult world yeah for sure and i mean look i think that anybody who attends the center lives within a 20 minute drive of a pretty amazing bushwalk right like there's yeah yeah yeah. that capacity which is very christ-like in reconnecting with Mm. nature in those moments so then we're kind of talking about wisdom Mm. um i I suppose uh, i want to ask the question if solomon is set up as this figure of profound wisdom Mm -hmm. And then he falls short. You, yeah, spoke a little bit about that, but I, I suppose I wanted to know what what's your assessment on, you know, he... Because I'm not saying this question very well. Yeah, I suppose the crux of your sermon hmm. was ultimately to prosper 
and flourish, we need God's wisdom. And then we see this character of Solomon who has profound wisdom and ultimately fails. How do we reconcile those two things? Um, I guess part of it, it and this is the interesting thing with Solomon, is that, I didn't say it earlier, is even from the beginning, there's signs that he's a failure. So he's Shlemo in Hebrew. Solomon means like peace, shalom. His rule starts off with killing his father's enemies. Sure. And it's sort of like, okay, yeah, kind of get that. But also, yeah. you're meant to be this guy of peace. Yeah, so yeah, even yeah. within that, there's sort of these, like, mm, mm. is it, it, to, it's really pointing to the necessity of a Messiah. And it's probably one thing I didn't, I was actually thinking about this morning. I was like, oh, I really kind of forgot to say a lot about Jesus being wisdom. So Jesus being wisdom for us, he now leads us into the tree of life. So sure. Here's the, the way yep. for us to go now. And, yeah, I, I think it all, just constantly, for me, it reminds me that of the necessity of Jesus. Mm. Like even Adam and Eve in the garden, mm. they've got everything they need except don't touch this one tree, mm. and they still fail. And mm. so I think that's, that's the story of the Bible, is humans constantly failing god constantly showing his grace and mercy mm-hmm. and giving good gifts which are basically just turned around and neglected and i guess that's one of the tremendous ironies about proverbs is like you know it kind of you know read about your life solo and we know what you do mm. and so yeah i guess that's like all of us like yeah i desperately need more hokmah in my life sure yeah and I, I think too what it really should do for us is point us to to Jesus mm. and yeah like he is queer Colossians 2 3 he is the embodiment of all mm. wisdom and so for us he is the God man who lived mm. and so for us that we yeah to live better lives wisdom makes more sense now wisdom is not a magic bullet sure that can be yeah sure. yeah, 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 that, yeah that's probably something I didn't really talk about at all cause yeah. just for timing yeah sake, forget like, Jesus I've got wisdom <laughs> okay. yeah no like it, it's look wisdom is like all things like okay Eating healthy and exercising, traditionally, you're going to live a longer life than being mm. unhealthy and mm. not yet. But that people who are healthy still die in their thirties. Sure, like sure. But on the whole, and that's where a lot of wisdom comes in. A lot of this wisdom is, yeah, sure. Like particularly, probably one to nine. You know, if you're going to be sleeping around with an adulterous woman, that's eh, going to cause you lots of problems. If sure. you're going to be beating people up, that's yeah, pretty yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, it's not like I said the. the Force field against all the problems of yeah, life. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so some people kind of characterise problems as that. It's a bit like simplistic. Oh, if you just do this, things sure. will be good. But even within it, there's sort of like... Yeah, I can't think of the exact passage, but there's... I, I remember one that I was reading just the other day where it, like, so intentionally that contradicts itself right after each other. Yeah, well, I think you that's... Know. And it's this idea of, yeah, this tension, this balance, tension. right? Like, yeah, and that's, that's a really Hebraic way of doing things. It's yeah. like... One verse says this, one says this. Yeah. yeah God's a mystery. It goes yeah. back to that sort of two-handed. Yeah. I mean, you'd have to be an idiot to have, like, two verses in a row that contradict each other and it not be intentional. Yeah. Like, like, you know, like it's obviously doing something more yeah. than just unintentionally contradicting itself. Yeah. Look, yeah, it's yeah, it's interesting. Like, so I'm just looking at chapter 10. It says, The fear of the Lord adds length to life, but the years of the wicked are cut short. That's uh, there. You read something Ecclesiastes, it's like, ah, wait, I'm seeing the opposite happening. Yeah. But then when even within Proverbs, it talks about, you know, the, the righteous oppressing the, the weak. And it's like, okay, yeah. The, the, sorry, the wicked oppressing the righteous. And you're like, okay. So even within this, um, 
it recognizes that life isn't just a simple black and white, but yeah, on the whole, those who live with wisdom are going to have a better life. Yeah. Not. And I think that's the, that's what most commentators, if you listen, if you read books on wisdom literature or mm. lectures, that's what they say is like, and that's how it's meant to be designed is that. Yeah. So if wisdom is something which is um, balance, mm. um, here we go. I, f- I found one example of contradictory yeah. proverbs that are right yeah, next yeah, to yeah. each other. Um, so Proverbs 26.4 is, Do not answer a fool according to his folly, or you yourself will become just like him. And then literally the next verse says, Answer a fool according to his folly, or he will be wise in his own eyes. Yeah. So it's this idea, it's like, well, hold on, do you like answer a fool yeah, and like you, vindicate yeah. him, or yeah. do you not answer him because you just, you know, yeah, don't yeah, justify yeah. him with an answer. Um, but sorry, anyway, I think oh, no. the, the, the thing that I was kind of intrigued by is, We've been talking a lot about wisdom mm-hmm. uh, and chokmah. Yep. How would you, in a soundbite, define wisdom? I'd say it's life ability. So, uh, like a lot of Hebrew words, chokmah has sort of a, a range of different meanings. And it's almost like, so some people, I found one definition that's quite helpful. It's like possessing a skill like being like a blacksmith or a stonemason or mm. a builder. So it's these skills for life, and so you mm. call it like life skills, mm. with the end result to be able to live as a just and righteous person. Mm. So it's this it's cool, yeah. And so that's what I call it is like skills, which is why I think oh, it's like emotional intelligence because sure. emotional intelligence is about having skills to live well. Mm. Like, yeah, like you hear it all the time. People go, "Oh, this person so smart, but they're lazy." It's like, well. Mm. It doesn't matter how smart you are. If you're lazy, or you're going to be, you can be intellectually not that bright. But if you've got good AI and good social skills, you're going to do better in life. Yeah, and yeah, so, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, and that's what this is. It's about like a life skill under God. So that's how that would be sort of my yeah little. Where did I get that quote from? I don't know. Some journal article. <laughs> Christine Yoda, wisdom is a tree of life. There you, there you go. go. Thanks, so. Yoda. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, in all this, um, do you think that in a secular world we can um, almost um, make wisdom uh, or, yeah, it, it become idolatry in the way I, I that we so. idolize wisdom? Yeah, and so how do you avoid that is you go back to the fear of the Lord. Sure. And so that, that's why it comes up. It's not even just Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, it ends that way, even yeah. in Psalms. It's so, oh, it's that. Job is sort of this end, like, yeah. you know, this reverence for God. And, so that's like, and that's in verse 7 the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And you jump over to chapter 9. Uh, where is it? The, yeah, the, chapter 9, 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Like, yeah. It's the. Like, yeah, well, the Bible in the beginning, like the first thing to happen. This yeah. is, and yeah, so yeah, this yeah. is the difference between, I'd say, yeah, worldly wisdom mm. or something like AI. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not grounded on fearing yeah. God. Yeah. So, this is what all the Proverbs, it's around this fear of the Lord. That's your base. Sure. You build upon this, not just, yeah, oh, I'm going to be, have my life skills to be, become healthier, wealthier, and yeah. wiser. It's no, so you live as. For sure, a, a better Israelite, and that's the that, and that's always what we go back to that image of hey, we're like Solomon's son sitting at his feet, yeah, know, and yeah, being a good Israelite listening there, and, yeah. and it's the same with um, Job because Job's another wisdom book, sure, where 
guess two, we're, oh, how many friends are there? There's four of them. So we're like the fifth yeah. friend, you know, sitting there sure. Um, sure. learning from Job and his friends. And then Ecclesiastes, yeah, we, because Quahelot just means like qual, gatherer, assembly, mm. uh, teacher. So we are one of the assembled yeah. listening to the teacher. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, and there's debate about Song of Songs, whether or not. But sure. yeah, definitely those three books, Job, sure. Proverbs. So Job, Proverbs, and Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes. definitely wisdom yeah, literature. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, if, if we're, you know, in the vein of wisdom literature, yep. what, what is your take on Song of Songs? Because it is kind of yeah. one of those things where some people would classify it as wisdom literature, some would, like, yeah. put it more in the poetics. Yeah, I'd probably go more the poetics. It's yeah, a sure. song about marriage. It's actually quite interesting, the history of an interpretation of Song of Songs. Yeah. A lot of people are uncomfortable with that, like, the literal sure. meaning of it. It was about husband and wife. Yeah. Enjoying yeah. sex in marriage, sure. Yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah. you know, the early church had personified it as Jesus mm. in the church. Some rabbis as mm. Yahweh and his mm. people, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's um, probably yeah. The best reading is this is well, yeah. Death, like entering into Eden, there's a lot of Edenic imagery in it. Yeah, the yeah, husband yeah. and wife are enjoying their marriage in a garden, and sure. there's sure. kind of some evil figures in there trying to disrupt that. Sure. Yeah, it's it's a. Well, it's a song that's meant to just be sung with a group of people. So, sure. yeah. So I, I don't know. I haven't really, I don't really see it as wisdom literature more, of mm. poet, but definitely the other three. You can see the wisdom that's trying to be imparted mm. yeah. to the audience there. We as the reader, we're meant to read this and become wiser people that fear God more. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah. So then, like, in all of this, we're kind of looking at, at wisdom and how... This makes us um, have a, have a higher emotional intelligence yep. and improve our personality. Mm. Do you think that there are elements of our personality um, that shouldn't be shaved off? Um, so, for example, let, let me use an yeah. example just because it's what what happened mm. on Sunday. You sort of referred to your beautiful daughter Hazel being yeah. having having a stubborn personality. Mm. Now, obviously, that isn't always going to be no. a bad thing in life. There's going to be times when yeah. that actually serves her really well and potentially, in the right context, like serves God's kingdom oh, totally. really well. Yeah. Um, how do we sort of, in that sort of fear of the Lord, find those places which are maybe a little bit, um, yeah, less celebrated or maybe that people find harder to navigate mm. and, and use it to still be something which is for God's yeah. glory. Your stubbornness, that's a great one because when I see stubbornness in my kids, it's usually disobedience. Mm. And they just, yeah, it's a Mexican standoff to like, you know... <laughs> Who's gonna Who's gonna cave in first? Yeah, yeah. And I hope there's no real guns in your no, house, no, you know. It's, um, yeah, and kids know how to do that. Like mm. they can be quite relentless mm. in just their persistence yeah. to get what they want. Yeah, and they know all the tricks: screaming, crying, pushing, yeah, tantrum throwing. Yeah. You know, puppy dog eyes. Yeah, you know they. And so, yeah, that's part of that stubbornness. But yeah, I, I guess too, like I'm coming from that perspective of the negative part of that is yeah of stubbornness as well actually learning yeah what talks about you know listening to your parents actually that's a healthy thing there's times in life yeah. where your parents instruction oh classic asher likes to swing we have um 
not high chairs, like stool chairs. Mm-hmm. And he loves to swing off them. I said, mate, don't swing off them. Don't swing off them. Don't swing off them. And you know what happened one morning? He swung too far and crashed and hit his head. And I was like, man, I told you not to do that. I was a little bit nicer than that. Sure, sure. They've both done it. Both Hazel and Asher have both swung on those chairs and fallen. They're yeah. lucky not to break their necks. And it's funny, like, then afterwards, that's all over. They start doing it again. I was like, it's yeah. And like, that's sort of this, hey, like, this is part of that. That's just, you know. I was sure. like, most kids like that. There's this, this is part of learning. Yeah, sure, your personality may be stubborn and defiant. And that can be helpful. But sure. there's times where you need to be able to curve that. Sure. And that's what. That's what wisdom's about, hey, you know. Yeah. Listen, my sons, to a father's instructions. Pay attention and gain understanding. <laughs> so I'm trying to teach you kids. Is, so. so good, so yeah. good. And I, look, I think that it is definitely something that, um, you know, I, coming back to again and again, so much of life is much more easy to navigate, is much more joyful and, uh, I suppose, pleasant when you address situations with wisdom of God, I think ultimately it is something that I think we can live in a, in a day and age of trust your gut, you know? And it's like, yeah, well, cool. I'm not, I'm not disregarding it, but ultimately that is somewhat um, contradictory to this idea of the wisdom of God and really being filled with that and, and, um, I suppose going to the tree of life rather than the tree of knowledge of good and evil, yeah. trying to take that autonomy into yeah. our own hands, which it kind of, yeah, is so easy to want to do. Yeah. 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 I guess that's, um, I say, oh, trust the Lord, your, your God, lay, you know, all your ways, acknowledge him, he will direct. Yeah. Lean not on your own understanding. understanding. Yeah. That's yeah. part of it. So good. So good. Well, we did it. We got through personality. We and did. I think that, yeah, um, for those who haven't sort of spent some time in wisdom literature, I will just do a quick plug. There's a great series that Bible Project did mm. on wisdom literature. It's very beautifully illustrated and uh, sort of explores those three wisdom books of Ecclesiastes, yeah. Proverbs, and Job. You can kind of watch them in any order. I think they do have an order, but you can watch them. And they have one on Lady Wisdom too. On Lady you? Wisdom. Yeah, on Proverbs 8, which is quite yeah. good. Um, yeah, yeah. So definitely I would say that if wisdom literature is feeling a bit intimidating for you to explore, I would start there and then maybe jump in and explore yeah. some. Yeah, I love wisdom. Ecclesiastes is my favourite book. Ecclesiastes, favourite book. There you go. That's that's high recommendation from your yeah, pastor right there. Um, yeah. Uh, I had these grand plans to write a book about Ecclesiastes, but I wrote a chapter of it. We're in hospital. You're still <laughs> young, about, Mitch. There's yeah, still, still plenty of time. there for four years. <laughs> still plenty of time. You can come back to it, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> oh, so, Murray, yeah. next week, what are we doing? Yeah, we're, we're finishing off uh, the acronym. The acronym? Yeah, yeah acronym. Yeah, yeah. I always get anagram and acronym mixed up. <laughs> so it's definitely not an anagram it's an acronym uh so we're going to e which is experiences um so yeah i'm really looking forward to that uh gonna be looking a little bit at the story of king david gonna be looking a little bit at some personal sort of anecdotes from my own life and ultimately uh how god is a um sustainable chef he Ooh, uses sustainable chef <laughs> nose to tail kind of cooking he uses the whole pig <laughs> And just, which is very un-Jewish, but, <laughs> but yeah, this idea that God doesn't waste anything and that our experiences are all cumulative to the greater good. 
Um, maybe even yeah. throwing a little bit of Genesis 50 in there, but who knows? You know, oh, just... A bit of Genesis 50. <laughs> All things go. for good. But yeah, yeah, yeah. so that's that's the, the plan. <laughs> and then we are finished with the sowing the seeds. So yeah. And then we have our break, Ooh, don't we? Some little freebies yeah, in there, yeah, which are going to be great. Going to be hearing from some other people, which will be great. Be looking forward to getting them in for banter as well. So yeah, it should be well, good. All right, thanks, Muds. Yeah, looking forward to uh, this Sunday. See you then, guys. See you, mate. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to help others discover this channel. Check out the description if you want to find out more or get in touch with us at the Centre Dural. But in the meantime, praying for God's hand over you as you continue to step into everything Jesus has in store for your life. Be blessed.